This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Please do not forget about the gram at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me today is one of my favorite people to work with and work around. She is the Reverend Dr. Shannon Polk. She is the Executive Director of The Witness Foundation. Shannon, thank you so much for being back on past the mic today. Thank you for having me. Man, it's good to it's good to talk with you. Absolutely. You know, it's it feels so weird because we've never met in person, so it's like, "Oh, hey, you." You know, it's like <laughs> we've never seen each other in person. They'll thank the pandemic, thank the the panoramic. And right, so it's just I, so funny whenever we connect like this. Yeah, I know, but I always feel like, you know what, when we do get together, we're going to get a good spades game going, you know, we're going to hang out. Ah, I did this hot feel. But space though. Uh, for, for real? You don't play what bit with? I mean, I just I need I might need a little too little little tutorial, you know what I'm saying? Cause my household, you don't be gambling, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, oh. I need a little little tutorial, little little quick see, tutorial, you know. See, I was raised Methodist. I didn't get to be Pentecostal till later, so I'm good <laughs> on cards. I'm good on cards and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um <laughs> See for uh, look, okay. This look, people don't understand. They're like, I don't know how to play space. I'm like, we couldn't even have a deck of cards. Okay, it was Uno. Okay, Uno was a Lord's game. Ooh, oh, y'all was over there playing Phase Ten. Okay, all right, I'm exactly. (laughs) Yes. Phase Ten. Yes. Listen, so it is so good to hear your voice because we are going to talk about something that is incredible and I'm really excited about it. Probably a few months ago, you reached out to me and we were having these conversations. You were talking about this plan to really raise money for what we're doing here at The Witness Inc. across our two divisions, The Witness Foundation and the BCC, it, with this theme of of running, with this theme of kind of taking up the baton of the march for the civil rights movement and for the freedom struggle and taking that its next leg. I love that idea. Talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the civil rights movement, the freedom struggle, and why it was so important to build upon that concept. Well, you know, one of our team members, you know, said to us, what, you know, what are the things that really inspire us in the work, right? What are the things that motivate us? And we realized, you know what, we do this work because of the people that came before us. Because they set such a strong foundation. They encourage us that even in the face of injustice, in the face of dishonor, there is a mandate from God to continue. That it's not about you. It's about those that are coming behind you. And so when we think about the ethos of the witness and we think about why we do the work that we do, it was just a very logical connection to say, look, let us stay. This is a movement. So let us honor the previous Mm -hmm. movement. Mm hmm. And the way that, and what they did was they walked, they marched, right? And so we're like, okay, so for us, our our tagline is we we run because they walked. 
Yes. Right. We're able to go faster. We're able to go farther because of the work that has already preceded us. And one of the things that's so important in the black community is to give honor to our elders. Right. We're always looking for ways that we can honor those voices and those people that paved the way for us. And so this is yes, it's a fundraiser, but we feel it as a form of activism. Number one taking charge of our bodies. I mean, we have, we're, we're going through another round of the pandemic, right? And so people have been cloistered. They've been in their homes. They and so we're like, be active. And we know that we can't necessarily gather together, but in your own way, this is a way for you to be active. Yes. And absolutely. we are going to be sending out some devotionals so that people that are participating, we can encourage one another in our faith. I don't know about you, but when I'm going for those solo walks, I like to listen to something. And so, you know, this is a great time to be meditating on. So why is it that you're that you care about justice? Hmm. Why is it that you're involved in this work? And what kind of divine mandate have you been answering that allows you to stay engaged in the work? Because, as you know, you can't do this if you don't feel that there is. The hand of God compelling you to do this work. Yeah, you can't do it well, for sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it well. <laughs> That's what we've been talking. We've been sitting here talking for a good hour about how important it is to be holistic in this work. And it's a conversation we just keep coming back to. And any Black Christian leader in these spaces will tell you that if it had not been for the Lord, that if it had oh. not been for the Spirit of God, that if it had not been for a strength and a reserve that we didn't even know we had, we wouldn't, we would have quit long time ago. We oh my gosh. Out. And that's why this challenge that we're talking about, the active witness challenge is so important. Throughout the month of September, we're gathering together and we are going to commit to run or walk 50 miles throughout the month of September. And we know this is a tall task. It's a heavy feat, but it is something that we believe will not only challenge us, but will also change us. That we're actually taking the work of the witness, the the message of the witness, what it means to represent and encourage and educate and empower Black Christians. And we're putting our feet where our mouth is. We're actually saying we are going to work as hard as we possibly can, not just in our minds and not just with what we type and what with what we say, but also with our bodies as well. And it's such powerful symbolism to think that we're going to be taking the exact same trek. Talk about why 50 miles was so important. Why was 50 miles important to you? Because that's a lot. And I'm sure some people say, why not 30? Why not 25? Why not? Why 50 you, miles, Shannon? You know, they when the summer marched, they marched 50, I believe it's 53 miles. 53. Wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. I don't I don't like parking at the back of the parking lot. I'm looking for the closest <laughs> yes, spot to yes. the door. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about doing that knowing that there were batons waiting for you, dogs waiting for you <laughs> in the face of that adversity. So you made that trek knowing you were doing that so someone else could walk behind you a little easier, feel a little bit safer. <laughs> so <laughs> that 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 mileage was significant because it's like, man, you know, it's almost kind of like, can you tarry one hour? Can you do 50? I think you can. <laughs> And I'm not a runner. So it was very challenging for me to think about, like, can I can I walk that far? But for me, it's of course I can. I can do it if I do it a little bit every day, because that's the other thing. When you're in this work, you have to pace yourself. 
it's not you've got to you've got to think in terms of marathons because we know that this isn't something that changes overnight. And just as this lead, because you had a good push, you had a good webinar, you had a good summit, you had a good meeting. There's a constant barrage of things that we have to deal with. And so as a result, how do you then make sure that you're running at the right pace? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's like the the major thing that we often talk about in this work as well is, you know, making sure that we're caring for ourselves, making sure that we're thinking about not just trying to be, you know, the type of people who move whenever there's this this massive tragedy or massive catastrophe in our community, move because someone becomes a hashtag, but we also want to consistently put in the effort and the work to do what we've been called to do and using our bodies well and using our energy well. And so there's so many parallels with what people did in the freedom struggle and with what our ancestors did. And I also love the imagery of us running in our different spaces. As as simple as that may sound, the fact that people are going to be running in places that are major cities or in rural areas or perhaps even across the world as well. The fact that we're all going to be taking this trek together and running and the running will look different for different people. For some people, it's going to be hills. For some people, it's going to be on that treadmill. For some people, it's going to be you know in different spaces. It's going to be in a gym or it's going to be at their house or it's going to be in their neighborhood, whatever it may be. It's just going to look different for different people. And I love the fact that that whatever we do, wherever we do it, it's going to be valuable. However right. hard we run, like whatever we do, whether you walk and you're not physically able to run anymore, whatever you're able to do, it's going to be really special to see us bring our different efforts and our different sceneries and our different pictures and all the different things around us to this to this movement. I mean, it's just so critical to allow for people to engage wherever they can. Again, another connection back to the work, right? You know, some people are at different paces. And so for allowing for those nuances in abilities, in stamina levels, right? And being able to say, I'm doing my best. I'm giving what I have. Mm. Yes. And that is so critical. I mean, especially when you think about it right now, you know, so many of us are being impacted by the Delta variant. And what that's what's happening in our communities as a result. And, you know, people are sending their kids back to school and everybody's there's this there's this continued level of stress that's been on our bodies since March of 2020. Right. And truth be told, in the black community, that stress has been on our bodies since Trayvon Martin Hmm. was shot. Come on. And so this this continued level of stress that has been running through our systems. And so. Part of this, and you know, in our community, we don't always talk about exercise like we need to, right? You know, because for some of us, the only thing you could do was go to church. You couldn't do anything else. You couldn't go anywhere else. And so what does it mean for us to take ownership of our health, to carve out time to say, you know what? My health matters. Yes. Yes. It's, It's important for me to be good to the body that the Lord has blessed me with. Absolutely. I'm I'm just really excited about the fact that I am going to be able to connect with people from across the country who are going to sign up to run on my team. You know, that even that team mindset, right? So if you didn't know, if you participate in the Active Witness Challenge, you can do so solo, but you can also join a team as well. Now I'm going to be starting a team. I have not quite come down on a name yet. I could just call it Burns Clan, but it feels a little selfish 
you know, and I plus like y'all aren't officially Burns Clan. Like it's a whole thing. You gotta, it's a ritual. You gotta get a tattoo. Like it's a thing. We'll talk about it later. But so you didn't know that. Okay. The kids gotta get tattoos, everything. Like it's a real thing when you join Burns Clan. So, you know, I'm not trying to get everybody to do that. But, you know, something related to, you know, Meg or Marching or something, you know, I'm just, I'm still thinking, you know, I'm still thinking what it could be, but I'm excited to get at least, I hope, 40 to 50 people who will run with me on my team. And there's also incentives for, yes. for the amount of people that you add on your team, right, Shannon? Right. Because, you know, we looked at this and we said, what's most important to us is the building of community. This isn't about just doing this, you know, as individuals, it's about how do I connect with my brother and sister? And one of the things that has surfaced for us is the fact that it, during this time, you know, with the Lead Loud campaign, you know, people have felt very out of sorts and disconnected from community. And so this gives us another way to create an opportunity for people to come together, to recognize that they are not in this fight for justice alone, that there are other people that care as deeply as they do that are going to join. And, you know, there'll be people running, there'll be people walking. Uh, if you want to bike, come on with it. If you want to swim, we are here for you. However, can we row? Can we row? Can we? Can hey, we, can we hey, hey! You know I'm all for it. I'm I am here. This for is it. what I like to hear. This is what I like to hear, Shannon. I'm excited now. It's the CrossFit right. in me. I love rowing. I'm really <laughs> excited to get on the row machine. Okay, this just changed the game. Okay, this changed the game, y'all. Breaking news. Yes, because we want you. Here's the thing. If you got your team and you got your team of five and you all want to go bike together, do that. But create that community. Reach out. Let people know that they're not by themselves because that was the strength of the movement. Being able to look and see someone shoulder to shoulder on each side of you. You weren't taking that journey by yourself. You weren't marching by yourself. You had so many people behind you. Mm-hmm. And that's critical. That is amazing. I'm just really excited to be a part of something like this because it it is really the building of community, the representative agency, and taking control of our health in the spirit of the freedom struggle, doing it with people like you and Jamar and so many others that we've been walking with for so long. I'm just excited. So I want everybody to stop what you're doing. Go down to the link in the show notes, events.elitefeats.com. The full link is in the show notes. And click that and sign up for the Active Witness Challenge. You're going to be able to run or walk 50 miles all throughout the month of September of 2021. And Shannon, if you go two miles a day, two miles a day, you'll meet this for the end of the month. That's all you got to do is two miles. But here's the thing. If you get the most people on your team, you get to extend your community by having lunch with Tyler and Jamar. See, see and this, is, this is a special perk. It's a special perk. What we going to eat, y'all? What we going to eat? And then if you just sign up and you are a participant, you will get to participate in some weekly meetings where we're going to be gathering online together to encourage one another. And Jamar will be leading one. Tyler will be leading one. Allie will be leading one. I'll be leading one. And it's going to be a great time of fellowship. Because again, we're doing this together. But I just want to encourage everybody. Maybe you're somebody and you're like, look, I don't walk. I don't run. I don't do any of that stuff you're talking about. So we have an amen corner. Because, you know, okay. come on. as a preacher, you appreciate this. You got to have an amen Wave the corner. hanky. Wave the hanky. Yes. 
So if you just want to be supportive, there is an opportunity for you to do that as well. So we we thought about everybody. We said, look, we want everybody who supports the witness to be able to find their place of participation. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this, Shannon. Thank you to the Witness Foundation for coming up with this. This is going to bless not just the foundation, but also those of us here at the Black Christian Collective and all of our work is so important. And I just want to, again, put in this plug, if you are not following what the Witness Foundation is doing and how incredible it is that we were able to select six fellows for our inaugural Witness Fellowship Program, it was absolutely incredible to get in all these applications. Can't wait to see what these six fellows are going to be able to do. But Shannon is doing phenomenal work with her team, what we like to call across the hall at the Witness Foundation. Uh, Virtually, we're able to work together, and this is a special, special movement. So thank you, Shannon, for even bringing this up and thinking this up and coming up with something incredible like the Active Witness Challenge. I think it's going to get us all in shape one way or another and also going to connect us to some tremendous community as well. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know you ran track, so um, I'm not going to try to compete with you. I'm See, not going to try to compete with Burns I was a class. sprinter, though. I was a sprinter. You know, I was, uh, <laughs> they said, you know what they said? They said Usain Bolt has never run one mile at a time. He's never won, run a full mile at any point in his training. See? So, so miles for me, I, I ain't saying I'm Usain Bolt, but miles for me, for a sprinter, that's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I might run half, row half, bike another 25. I don't know. It's going to be some some sort of conglomeration of that. It's going to be some. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Thank you so much for allowing uh, allowing this conversation to happen. I really appreciate you. And I truly enjoy working with you and everybody at the BCC. It's just phenomenal to be part of the Witness family. Thank you so much, Shannon. Again, everybody, stop what you are doing right now and click the show notes, events.elitefeats.com. Full link is in the show notes. Please sign up for the Active Witness Challenge. Join our teams. Make your own team. Make it a thing. Find community. And always remember that we run because they walked. This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and Certificate Programs. Begin your Master's or Certificate Program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu admit. Hey folks, this is Jamar Tisby, and I want to tell you about the Active Witness Challenge. This is a virtual fundraiser for The Witness, Inc. But before I can tell you about that, I got to talk about history. You know I got to do it. I'm a historian, so it's always going to be somewhere in the conversation. But this is one of the reasons why I love history. It is so relevant to the present. 
So you've probably heard of the march from Selma to Montgomery, Selma, Alabama, to the state capital in Montgomery. Uh, marchers assembled in order to protest for black civil rights, in particular for voting rights. Now, that march is known, um, it's infamous because the protesters were opposed by state troopers and, and law enforcement on uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. They were uh, met with brutal force. John Lewis, the congressman who, who died in 2020, he had his skull fractured. Skull is the hardest bone in the body and uh, had that fractured in a brutal beating there. There were graphic scenes of violence. And these were peaceful marchers on their way to try to protest in support of rights they already should have had. Now, what gets a bit less attention about this march is the actual march itself. So we can go to Google Maps or whatever your preferred navigation app is, and you'll see it's 50 miles, actually a little bit more than 50 miles from Selma to Montgomery. And these folks walked. They walked over the course of several days. They would walk upwards of 10 miles a day, and then they would find areas to, to sleep and, and to rest and to take meals. And this is the Deep South. Um, this march took place in the spring, so it wasn't the hottest part of the year, but uh, it's always kind of warm down there. And all along the way, this 50-plus miles of march, they were opposed. They knew that they were facing violence and reprisals, anything from uh, being called the N-word to being spat on to their employers hearing about them participating in this march and, and firing them. And of course, what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge itself. So that's one march. Another march that doesn't quite get the same attention, but I think is just as important, if not more so in some ways, is the 1966 March Against Fear. Have you heard of that one? The March Against Fear. This was begun by James Meredith. You might know James Meredith as the first black person to desegregate the University of Mississippi. That happened in 1962. Of course, that's my alma mater. That's where I earned my PhD. So this is a very you know, a story that hits very close to home for me, as well as the fact that James Meredith went to my church. He actually never attended the worship service. He came to Sunday school. He's he's a he's a idiosyncratic figure. Uh, James Meredith is. He's still alive as I record this, but he was the first black person to desegregate the University of Mississippi back in 1962, and it was amidst violence. White people uh, rioted. And two white people ended up dead, all because there was going to be one black student there. And so that's how he came to national attention. But uh, several years later, in 1966, he was still concerned about voting rights. And especially, he was concerned that black people were too afraid to go vote. Because again, you faced all kinds of reprisals. Even if you weren't on a march, if you simply registered to vote, that puts you in the bullseye for uh retaliation, and even white supremacist violence. So what James Meredith did is he started a one-man march, which he called the March Against Fear, from Memphis down to Jackson. Now, you can pull up your navigation app again. That 
march is far longer than Selma to Montgomery. That's a 200-mile march. And he was going to do it all by himself. I said he was going to do it because on the second day of the march, he was shot by a white supremacist. Initial reports said that he had been shot and killed, but those turned out to be erroneous. Uh, the the would-be killer used the wrong kind of ammo, um, birdshot, buckshot, I can't remember which one, but it, 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 it shot tiny little pellets that, that scattered and it ended up not being fatal. But James Meredith was in the hospital. Once the civil rights community heard about it, they mobilized and people from all across the country, including Martin Luther King Jr., the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee led by Stokely Carmichael, they all joined the march and they continued that march and continued it all the way into Jackson. Now, why I say that's one of the most important marches is because on that march in June 1966, Stokely Carmichael had just been released from a bogus arrest, and he got up on the the bed of a pickup truck that was out in a field in near Greenwood, Mississippi, and he said, what we are going to start saying now is black power. And then he led the chant. What do we want? Black power, black power, black power. And that is the moment when that phrase black power started to become a, a, a national banner under which the black freedom struggle would continue. Now, that, of course, wasn't the first time people said black power and Stokely Carmichael didn't come up with it. But that was the time it struck like lightning and caught the public's attention. But this march was 200 miles and it was in the summer and it was throughout the Delta. It was sweltering heat. Why do I bring up the mileage? Why do I bring up the weather conditions? Why do I bring up the danger? Because the active witness challenge is a challenge. What we're challenging people to do is be an active witness to racial justice, to put on display your commitment to racial equity, and to do it by running or walking 50 miles throughout the month of September, 50 miles, just like they did on the march from Selma to Montgomery, 50 miles. It's a challenge. I did some math, and if you take a maybe two days off a week, that's still more than two miles a day that you're going to be walking in order to reach that, or running in order to reach that goal. Now, for some of you, you can get there in 10 days. I uh, took up running pretty regularly last summer as a way to sort of mentally cope with the pandemic and the racial justice uprisings. But I am a slow runner and I am not a long distance runner. So 50 miles for me is going to be a big challenge. And it may be for you as well. Again, you can walk it, you can run it. And most of all, we want you to do what's healthy. So if you're not in a physical place or even a mental place to be able to do 50 miles, just do as much as you can, do as much as is safe. But we challenged to 50 miles to commemorate sort of a throwback to the 1965 march to Montgomery and every step of the way knowing that's what they did under much harsher conditions. And I take the challenge as a reminder of how hard this fight for racial justice can be and how much strength and courage it took the ancestors, the forebears, the people whose legacy we walk in, how much strength and courage it took for them to complete their journey. And so they pass the baton symbolically, and we are taking it up with this active witness challenge. 
Now, if you want to uh, learn more about it, we're going to include a link in the show notes. I would love for you to visit the website and register yourself and or a team. Or if you can't participate physically, go ahead and participate by making a financial contribution. This will go toward both divisions, the Witness, a Black Christian Collective, and the Witness Foundation. We already have our first cohort of five fellows. They are getting $50,000 a piece each year for two years, so a total of $100,000. We need your support to support them and their work in racial justice in all different kinds of sectors. This is being coordinated by the elite feats, and so you can just Google Active Witness Challenge, and it should come up, and we'll also include the link in the show notes. Uh, If you participate, you're going to receive a personalized bib and a finisher medal, which looks pretty cool. There's a picture on the website, and you can click to say how much you want to donate, how much you want to run or walk. It's, it's very customizable, so don't, don't feel too intimidated by that. But we had these historic racial justice uprisings last year. It was one of the factors that has led me to say, you know, we're living in the civil rights movement of our day. And the question is, what is your witness? Will you have a passive witness, a hashtag witness, which is not bad, but is there more? Will you be an active witness? If so, join the Active Witness Challenge and support The Witness, Inc. Thanks very much. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.